0: Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy in 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spickard. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs eleven ten kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David. Yes, Rob. <laughs> Welcome back to your podcast. Thank you. It's this good is to an be an exciting back. time to be alive. Happy fall, my friend. Happy fall
1: love the fall. It's just so bright and crisp outside. That's an excellent it, word. I love it. It's so life-giving. Love it Love is.
0: The weather is just amazing. Football season, full swing. What's not to like, right? Not much. And here we go. Here's a segue to our content today. People are spending lots of money, maybe way too much money, on pumpkin spice lattes, right? it is is the season. Are you a pumpkin spice latte person? I'm not.
1: I'm not. I... I'm all about a pumpkin muffin. Okay. Those are cheaper. Those are much cheaper. Yes. And my wife, Alice, she's an incredible baker. And so there's often a lot of baking going on in the fall. We actually enter the state fair with some of our baking items to see if we can win. We were shut out this year, which if there's anything that's not making me in a good mood, that would be one. That would be one.
0: Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's always next year, right? What, I, don't, I don't know what you say to coach someone up. No one would ever think to put my cookies in any type of competition. My kids like them, but I wouldn't have that boldness. <laughs> I'm not that confident.
1: Well, it's a thing. It's a thing in our family. We're, we're keeping keeping at it.
0: I can attest. We, we should actually make, maybe open up a shop where we drop the link and we can have some, some crossover you know, business getting launched here from people can place an order for your cookies through the podcast. I don't know if that would ever make sense, but future well, business endeavor right there.
1: It's very appropriate since we're talking about success today.
0: We are, we are. And, and you starting talking about how your, your lack of success is really gnawing at you at this yeah, day. Bear. That's right. I wanted to win. <laughs> you did. did. You and just win. wanted to win, David, and you just wanted to crush the competition. That is a great segue. Thank you for taking us there. You know, for our listeners who've been on this journey with us, they got a chance to hear you on the Denver Faith and Work podcast last week, which is awesome. I would encourage people to go back and give that one a listen if they haven't heard it yet. It really encapsulates so much of what we're spending our time doing here with this this podcast around what does it mean to be the type of leader that makes your city rejoice. And that was more of a long form episode that was really, really neat. So hoping you get it. If you if it was something that was impactful for you, we encourage you to share it with other people. It's a great way for, to help other people find out about the podcast. So we're going to pick back up on that, David, and really hit a topic that is so central to the work that we do with in our work with companies around this question of what is success? What is it really? And so I'm excited for where we're going today. Why don't you kick us off, David, by kind of setting the... The temperature of the water when it comes to how success, as we think of that word, and our listeners are even like ruminating on it themselves, what words come to mind you know how how are how is that word defined culturally these days when we think about co- typical definitions of success?
1: When we ask this question for the companies that we work with, oftentimes the words are power, winning hmm. or money. You know, certainly achieving, hitting the goal, beating out our competition, you know, all the things you think of when you think of success, you know, for me, not winning at the state fair, I'm not successful. You know? You're not happy for the
0: person to finish in first, right? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. don't even want to taste those cookies.
1: Bitterness. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now it's, it's important that we really go down this road as we think about leadership as we think about what it means to be just as leaders, and we're coming off that that series that we did, and what I talked about with the with our friends at Denver, because when you look at the verse that we center our work on, Proverbs eleven ten, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. You know that verse leads to a whole different kind of success, which is very mm-hmm. different than what we're talking about. C- you know, cities rejoicing, everybody winning. You know, all boats rising. And so we have to ask the question around success because the natural follow-up to that verse is, what does my success need to look like in order for the whole city to rejoice or for Mm -hmm. everyone around me to win? And that begins to unpack the way we think of success or the way we've been conditioned to think about success. And again, most of us in the world, I think, would. Go along with this is that it is about more power, more money, yeah. more, you know, winning, where we feel like we have accomplished what we set out to do. It's usually not exclusively me centered, because all, a lot of us have had the experience of having success in a team context. And we love the experience of that being shoulder to shoulder with people beside us to have success and go through the journey that we've been on together to reach a goal and to have such a sense of accomplishment. And we certainly don't want to minimize that at all. That's part of success. And even celebrating is really important. Mm. I, I would say that a lot of our companies that we work with, they don't connect to success as deeply as they should because they, rarely celebrate their successes mm. and they just move on to the next thing. So all of this is very much entrenched in a company and organizational culture. And so for us to spend some time looking at that today is is really pertinent to the conversations that we've been having. Yeah,
0: that's really good. And, and this is a, a complex layered conversation because even as you say that, in my mind, I'm thinking about uh, you know, those very same people who may struggle to create a culture of celebrating success enough and celebrating the successes of your people with also maybe over centering, I guess, a world's version of success that kind of le- leaves you wanting. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the loneliest, emptiest thing you can ever have is success by world the world's terms. And you and you realize, Wait, is, is this it? I, I climbed to the top of this mountain and there's got to be more. Like there's got to be something else because the world tells me if I get this, if I achieve this, then that equals happiness. And so many times where, you know, so much of our work is working with leaders who are incredibly successful in worldly terms. They've climbed the mountain and they're looking around and they're like, is this, did I, did I climb
1: the wrong one? Yeah. It's, it's such a letdown. We did a book study with a group of our leaders on the book, The Second Mountain, by David Brooks. And a quote from that gets after what you just said. He says, most of us arrange our lives around climbing the mountain of achievement. Some of us make it to the summit. Others of us don't. But there's a little discussion about whether we should be scaling the mountain at all. It's just assumed. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, we're all on that trudging up the mountain to get what we think is going to give us that deep feeling of contentment that comes from achieving success and for many we get to that summit and it wasn't what we thought yeah. it would be yeah so again i think god gives us a, a much broader vision of what success can look like that it can be quite transforming but it's going to cause us to untether from some things that we normally think we need to pursue in order to have success.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's camp out there for a second because I do think, you know, obviously going back to the importance of having a compass on this journey, like what is the What What is the definition for success? If this version of the world is left us wanting where, what compass do we need to use? typically in these episodes, we'll end up inevitably going back to what what scripture says. So when you think about the way success is talked about in the Bible, how does that differentiate from the way we maybe experience success? Like this whole thing of it's just assumed, you know, this might be water, like we talked about with in cultural companies that we just, we don't even realize we're in because it's the only thing we know. So if we you're going to pull us out of that to give us some perspective on our situation here. Paint that picture for us, David.
1: Yeah, well, I think if we're coming from a biblical worldview, there are two ways to think about success. One is, we already have it. Mm. And two is, how do we pursue a deeper understanding of success? So first, we already have it. Like if we're, if we're loved by God, if he's mm. justified us, if we understand that all of our deepest need has been paid for on the mm. cross. Mm.
0: The mountain's been climbed for us. Yeah. Yes,
1: and the, the, the gap that we have in, in being able to have fellowship with the creator of the universe that Jesus paid for by taking the penalty of our sin then there's no greater success than that. Mm -hmm. And that's a gift that's been given to us, not because of any achievement or any mountain that we've had to climb, but because he has been good to us and he loves us. And so if we're loved by God, we're incredibly successful. And therefore, there is a contentment that we can have Mm -hmm. that gives us a sense of peace that passes all. Understanding. And so, no matter the circumstances, we can have a deep sense of uh, calm and rest, which mm. we've talked about. Yeah. We have joy in circumstances, you know, not happiness necessarily. Mm. Happiness is usually based on circumstances. Right. Joy, joy is not based on circumstances. Having the joy of the Lord so that whether we're in plenty or in want or we're having good times or we're having real challenging times, there's a deep sense of joy that we have at all times. And the, the understanding that our worst case scenario is eternal bliss in a perfect world with our loving, all-powerful Father, hmm. where we're in a world that works. And I can't wait for that. Hmm. So that's the success we already have. And then there's the second piece though. We don't just rest on that. God gives us, you know, a mission in life to pursue. When Jesus came, he came to usher in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so our role then is to pursue that for ourselves and for the people around us to have foretaste of of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So the way we think about success, instead of success as winning, we think of success as flourishing. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to have everyone around us flourish? And what does that begin to look like? In one of our previous episodes, we touched on this very briefly, but it's instead of it being individual, it's communal. Instead Mm -hmm. of it being about winning and a win-lose dynamic. It's about equity and everyone winning around us. And instead of it being competitive, it's restorative. So we're talking about a communal, equitable, restorative success where everyone wins. Now that can be pie in the sky. And I realize that because we live in a broken world, that that can be something that we really won't ever attain, but we are called to pursue that. And along the way, we will have opportunities where this deep sense of fulfillment and contentment and peace and success that looks like flourishing will be part of our experience. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that what I love about what we're doing, the work of Eleven Ten Leadership, is this integration that you spend a lot of time on in your book, of this two-sided coin of justice and thriving, and to pursue being just is the path to thriving. It just it just looks differently than what we think, and it really this is a parallel conversation. When we think about success, you know, we can use those terms almost interchangeably in some ways. But that's, this is a huge shift. I mean, these are these are wor- words on a page that are fundamental shifts in thinking. Because when you're living in a world that t- is win lose, and and success is defined as if for me to win, others have to lose. To shift towards flourishing is pretty pretty drastic. And I'm sure some folks listening, especially in the in business community. That it can feel, that win-lose dynamic feels so real every day and, and they don't really control the terms. They're working with partners or vendors who may not even share these values. Can you speak for a minute on how, how do you, cause these are not an, it's not an either or, it's a both and, right? We're not saying be just and just forget about success. And we're not definitely not saying go chase the world's version of success and forget about being just. So if we're trying to integrate those two and pursue success as flourishing, how how does a business leader in today's world in that climate and in, in those waters remain competitive?
1: Yeah, when we're talking about success as flourishing, you have goals and ways to measure that success that are very different from those that you're in competition with or throughout your in- industry. There's a lot of talk about you know the bottom line and then the triple bottom line and you know all the things that we measure and you have to be profitable so you don't want to throw that out you've got to be in a place where you're growing and able to uh, provide uh, for your employees and have a business that's that's thriving but if you have measurements that are for other people and uh, other outcomes that are not typical in your industry. It's going to be very difficult and challenging to do. And we talk about leaders having to be world-class in order to pursue a success is flourishing model because you have other things on your plate that you have to pay attention to. Things that come to mind that answer your question is leaders who want to remain competitive and pursue a success is flourishing uh, goal. They have to be operationally excellent. They have to find ways to minimize some inefficiencies within their operations, to find opportunities to, to cut costs while still investing in their people. So they do those two things at the same time. They, they're operationally efficient and then they also invest in their people. They make sure that they have the right people in the right positions they're very clear on their roles and expectations. They hold their people accountable, they affirm them, they reward them. They make sure they're having good rest and they encourage their health. So it's a real dynamic between those two. The other thing they have to be is excellent communicators. You know, if you're pursuing a success as flourishing outcome, you're going to have to communicate vision to your employees. They're going to have to know your why. You're going to have to connect to all of your stakeholders to set the right expectations. If you have investors in your company and success is flourishing means that they may have a lower return on their investment because you're trying to help everyone win, then you're going to have to convince them and share with them how receiving a lower investment is great and amazing for everyone, even Mm. them. Hmm. That if they're going to get an 8% return versus a 12% return, but it, at an 8% return, everyone wins, which means they win more hmm. than if they were to have a 12% return and their real losses as a result of that, then you have to be a really good communicator to help people go along with that. That's really countercultural. Hmm. And you can't guarantee that those outcomes are going to happen, but you're communicating a vision that people can get around. You have to be innovative and creative, think a lot outside the box and kind of push on some things and maybe take some risks. And the last thing I think about is is being generous. Like, how are we willing to share profits, maybe even share ownership within our companies, potentially limit our salaries to free up resources for other people, be connected to needs in our communities so that we're not operating our business in a vacuum mm. and are disconnected from the needs of our community so that we are ensure that the work that we're doing is having a positive impact on those around us. So this is a lot. Mm. I mean, and people are looking, you know, listening to this going, yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to keep our head above water. But right. again, that's why you need to be world-class. Because, mm. I mean, we're in this world for, you know, this is our moment. And there there are big challenges ahead. And my guess is people want fullness of life. Mm. And God has given us the formula for how to do this. And it's we've said it's downward mobility. It's disadvantaging ourselves for the advantage of others. It's decreasing so that others increase. And you can do that and still be competitive. Mm. It takes a lot of savvy and understanding and emotional intelligence for leaders to be able to do that. But I believe it can happen. We've seen it happen. And there are leaders out there who want to make it happen. And it's it's fun to be mm. on that journey with them. Mm.
0: And I would add you know, to that list, leaders who move towards this conversation from a deep sense of success. And by success, as you earlier defined it, meaning acceptance, knowing they've already won.
1: That's right.
0: They've already won. And so you go out and you have, that doesn't kill ambition. It actually redeems it. It restores it. It makes it less about I actually am going into this conversation or this business and my cup is full. I don't have to get any type of result with this. And it means I can have open hands, right? About where the future of this business, knowing that ultimately it's God's. Everything I'm and I'm a steward and the the highs, I'm 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 humbled in the highs and the lows don't crush me. And you know, Tim Keller talks about this as well. I mean, this this 100% affects and correlates to our ability to rest as leaders, because the curse of worldly success is, it's all on you, which means you can never stop. But if it's not, if that's not the real definition of God's, you know, as he maps out in the Bible, then we actually have the ability, to frees us to sleep, to rest, to, to cease, Right you know, when Jesus says on the cross, it is finished. We can say that about our day, knowing that God's got us and we can walk away and we can practice things like Sabbath. And that honestly, when we talk to leaders, David, who practice this, it doesn't take away from their work. It ignites their work, right? It it, it activates their business. And I'm not, this isn't a up and to the right promise of do these things and you will actually experience mm-hmm. more monetary success because. It's really an act of faith, saying it, it might not end up that way. You, that is a risk, and your business may fall behind. But ultimately, that's not yours to decide and control. Ultimately, yeah. uh, and letting go of that is is true freedom.
1: As Christians, we throw those words around pretty easily. It's it's one thing to say them; it's another thing to truly internalize that that our we already are successful and that we can operate from that place of contentment like you just described and so that everything else is bonus Hmm. you know it's we're good yeah it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay we're okay we're okay and i know i'm saying that to listeners who are have a lot on their plates and are very stressed out and can't just let those things go because they have expectations that they need to meet and we're we understand that we're not we, again we don't want to be flippant about this, hmm. and there are expectations out there that we're all under some more than others about how we have to meet those that we work for and or the people that are have taken risks on us, but man, if we can get to that point of understanding that we're secure our future is secure, then thinking about success is totally turned upside down. Hmm. And it gives us a freedom in our work that hopefully allows us to experience the kind of fullness we're talking about. Yeah.
0: And to, to really thrive at work, right? Yeah. Well, I love this. I think this, is a, this sets up for our next episode really nicely because you can't really talk about success without talking about money. Right, because those are inextricably linked, and so we're we're going to keep on this pulling on this thread as we talk specifically next week about what does it mean to steward our money. Well, when it comes to pursuing this version of success, so as we land the plane here, David, what what bottom line would you leave to our listeners on this topic of success?
1: Yeah, to build off of that, you know, success equals money, money equals success. That's the way we would define it for many of us in our world. So I think my bottom line today in, in teeing up our next episode is, how do you feel about money? Here are some self-audit questions as we begin to think about the way we feel about money, how we use money. Do you think about it often? Does talking about money leave you guilty or ashamed, or do you feel proud when you think about money? How much money do you have? Do you wish you had more money than you have? Do you feel like you have enough? And then do you hold on to your money? Do you find yourself being stingy? Or do you hold your money loosely and are free to be generous with those around you? So we can't talk about success without talking about our money. And that's where we start to step on each other's toes. And so stick around because that's what <laughs> we'll talk about next, next time. How money enters into this equation and the ways that we need to think about it.
0: Love it. That's great. Thanks, David. Thanks, Rob. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, one, one, then spelled out T-E-N leadership.com. That's 1110 leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.